Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the ELMS podcast. My name is David Hatami. I am your host. And today we have a really special treat for you. Uh, I have a, a good friend of mine and a longtime colleague, Mr. Bob Rysavvy. Uh, Bob is a 25-year veteran in the training and development, as well as instructional design industries. And he's been in both leadership as well as direct implementation roles um, involving LMS as LMS administrator. So um, he's been in fields like um, for-profit education, recruiting, HR, uh, medical administration, uh, and most recently food manufacturing and cold storage logistics. But I don't want to steal your thunder, Bob, so I'm going to turn it over to you and uh, kind of you can tell our guests all about yourself. Fantastic. Thanks, David. Um, like David said, my name is Bob Rice Heavy. Um, he kind of hit my background really strong there. Uh, I would have to, if I had to characterize myself, I would say I'm a, a trainer first, then uh, LMS uh, administrator by default. It, it was one of those things that I was thrown into in my career. It kind of became before we had LMS administrators, you know, it was, this is something that the training department did. So that was always my responsibility. <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, yeah. Baptism by fire. That's what they say, right? Exactly. And now with everyone operating so lean, we're, we're going back to that in many of the different industries. I'm fortunate enough that I've been able to do that because it has opened up the door to so many different possibilities, you know, from going back to medical and for-profit education, there were some canned programs that, it, that I had to know and be able to work with and sure, put programs sense. through. You know, that was, that was like kind of the givens that were, were given to me that I was just like, all right, you just follow these instructions and you're set. And then as I've grown and got into medical administration, now going into food manufacturing, cold storage, it was, all right, now we have this product, you're going to have to tailor it to what we're doing. And, and it was incredible because there's some really great programs out there that cater to specific industries. Okay. But, but when I moved into cold, cold storage, uh, literally 11 months and two weeks ago, there was nothing. There, there wasn't an LMS. There wasn't a training department. And I was told, create it. Myself and a peer in oh, Europe. Wow. Uh, so we had to go out and we had to research, number one, LMS organizations. You know, the first thing that comes to mind is, well, we're going to default to the things that we've done in the past and see if that will work and plug and play. And it didn't. So we went through different avenues to find things like software finder, softwareadvice.com. And, and finally, it was like, all right, stop. <laughs> let's okay. go out there. Let's let's research these these top organizations, why they're top. And look at, yes, we had a budget, you know, you, you have to follow a budget, of course, sure. but before we talked about money, we just said, what is the usability that we're going to need? And we narrowed it down to 10 and then from 10 to five. And, you know, then we just had to go down to brass taxi. What were the dollars and cents? What could we afford? And then what could we, and then from a I would have to say from a technology standpoint, what could we afford to lose? You know, so well that, was, that was amazing. Uh, it was an amazing experience because it opened up the door for me to take something that was nothing and, and make it to something that it is today that is being rolled out 
globally for our organization and being well received, not just because they've never had training before, but because it's something that's intuitive, easy to use. It take, we, we went in and said, what are some of the common issues that I've dealt with in the LMSs that I've looked at? And they're too hard to use. They're too hard to you know, follow. Right. I'm always giving follow-up training on just how to log in. You know, how, <laughs> you know. Oh, yes. It reminds me of when I was uh, in college in the computer lab, you know, like, how do I print? Mm -hmm. yeah, exactly. I totally understand that. Right. So from the, well, from the usability standpoint, um, you know, what, how would some of the features that you're using, you know, in, the, in your custom created LMS differ from something that might be in, say, a commercial package that you would find off the shelf? Um, how would it differ from something that you may find in, in, in a different industry, like higher ed or something like that? It's interesting that, that you asked that because when we went into it, we went with the thought process of how could we make this easy to use, uh, but again, intuitive, but on top of that, something that's going to be a little bit more cutting edge so sure. that in five years from now, if it were to just stay stagnant, would it still be looked at as something that's top notch? And okay. uh, I went, no, it's not, <laughs> not <easy. laughs> it's not. So I thought about it, like, what are some of the things that, that I do personally that are easy to use in my life? And technology is, we can't av avoid it. Uh, I think about streaming services and that's, that's where my mind went. Okay. You got your, your Amazon prime, you've got your Disney plus, you've got, you know, of course, Netflix. And I said, I want to learn in that type of environment that it's so easy that I could just scroll through and find exactly what I need. So it pops up right in front of me. This is what I need to learn as a, as a learner. This is what I can learn uh, in the future. And here are all the perks and benefits. And that is the, the mindset we went into when we said we want something that is usable. Okay. And that was the, those were the features that we looked for first, uh, because the visual standpoint is going to be the first thing that stands out to all of, all of the, the learners out there. Then uh, that's when you start adding all the features, like what, where's that content coming from? Is there a right. library that comes with it? And what I found was the companies that provided the, the full package with, we've got this content combined and we've got this, they had just enough to take care of a certain industry, but yes, it didn't okay. it didn't look at the bigger picture. And what I want, want and what our, well, excuse me, what my organization wants and which is a vision that I embrace is not to train people to do their job, but to give them the training they need, but then also what they want in order to feel safe in their careers. And mm -hmm. That's a big piece right there. So maybe I, today I'm a trainer, maybe I want to be a corporate accountant one day. So having the ability to go out and do all these things. So the number one thing that stood out was my content library was weak. So that's huge. That's huge. Cause like, I'm like a lot of the stand, standalone packages will have like your customer service, you know, like some basic sales stuff, you know um, you're right. So having a diverse content library is obviously critical and that's going to vary upon uh, the industry that you're, that you're, that you're working within. Um, but how does that, cause I think when you were telling me this, what kind of popped into my mind was not only did you have to create this system from scratch, but simultaneously over here, you had to be able to build a sort of 
um, training, um, a training academy or some, some sort of system where they could simultaneously be trained and learning it at the same time. And I imagine that was no easy feat. No, it, it wasn't because, and, and it's still ongoing because you need a, you need an environment that's going to house both because now more than ever, we need to document everything that there is. And especially in yes. my industry, you know, you have so many different agencies that can audit you at any time, FDA, OSHA, uh, you know, when you go overseas, BRC, there's, there's a ton of different entities out there that can just at the drop of a hat come in and say, did you do this training? What are you doing to do follow-up training? What is it that you do as an organization to ensure that you're giving this compliance issue and, and taking it to, you know, 100% in accordance when you're doing your job? And what we had to do was look at the different platforms that would offer that that up you know was it like a microsoft teams type of atmosphere was it something that just supported that or zoom or was it all a canned package and what we we finally came down to is we went with a shell package from an organization that offered you know the fact that we could integrate you know it was just a big integration tool and that same organization had tons of partnerships with organizations out there so that it would keep the cost down. So going with a, a main, main content provider, you know, there were, there were several we looked at. Um, it came, for me, it came down to two really big players out there. Uh, Go One was a, a big one. Okay. And then, and then um, there was Open Sesame. And at, at the end of the day, we went with Open Sesame just because they were so, their customer service was phenomenal. So okay. I, I, could, I couldn't say no to that. So we, we put that in there. And then we look and say, all right, now we've got a library, to put, now we have to build the physical learning aspect. Mm -hmm. Yes. The, the provider that, that we use, they gave us the ability to make it our own. So basically it's, uh, the company's called Illumi, but what we did oh, is, yeah. We, we pay a little bit more and it's now New Cold Academy. And it's that the website comes up as that. It's tailored right. just, yeah, it's Perfect. just, Love it's it. amazing. And the partnerships that I have with both of those organizations are critical. And that's, if I, if I had to give anyone advice, don't do it all on your own. Make sure that you have a customer support team that mm -hmm. is going to be working with you, not just through implementation, but long-term uh, sales support, if you will. Okay. Now, um, I have a question for you here. Now, here's the thing is, you know, my background is, is higher education um, primarily. And so when I think about the creation of new content, you know, especially that's custom, it makes me think about the pedagogy. It makes me like, how, how do you make sure that this content is designed and created in a way that really enforces learning? Because, you know, as we all know, there are so many different learning styles. Uh, not everybody responds as well to, you know, e-learning as some others. How do you make sure that everybody is able to learn the material and how is it created in a way that can accomplish a feat like that? It, it comes down to one major thing first budget okay. your budget so okay. what could you afford because you could go two different ways one the first way is for me i have to hit every learning style that that there is because i go from your frontline worker 
who has uh, a high school education or less all mm-hmm. the way, you know, up to your, your doctorate level professionals, you know, that are working in, in an office environment. So we have to hit that. Plus, you, you have your type A, you know, folks, and then you have me that are just super dynamic and can't keep their focus. So we had to apply different different ways to do that. So from a no budget standpoint, we had to go in and engage all of our subject matter experts and the way that they learn. And you, you have to do assessments. What is it that my, my staff needs? Yes. What is it that they are looking for? And then after you do that, you have to have a continuous uh, conversation because the because of the way the market is, it's ever flowing. It's 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 like a you know. Unfortunately, you're going to have a lot of negative attrition. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether no matter how good of an environment you have, at least at this time. But what we have been able to do is by keeping that open dialogue with our professionals at the site level as well as in the office, we've been able to cater to, you know, your visual learners uh, to make sure that you're doing your auditory, your, your tactile, and every type of learners available. So you have to make each training engage in all the different learning styles. Yes, yes. You know, one of the things that, you know, I'm very familiar with and I work a lot with is you kind of touched on it there. I I call it skills gap analysis because what happens is, you know, you even if you have a very highly trained professional or even a frontline worker, it doesn't matter. There are multiple skill sets that are involved in them to be accurately, correctly, and professionally be able to, complete this set of tasks, whatever that task may be. However, it is completely feasible and through no fault of the individual that there may be uh, micro gaps in their skill sets, in their trainings, and it's not intentional. It's just for whatever reason, they didn't learn that particular skill set or there is room for improvement on this particular skill that they could develop. So, you know, utilizing a skills gap methodology um, you know, when you go back to kind of assess these trainings. Uh, so it sounds like that's kind of what you're doing. Does that sound about right? Yeah, that, that's to, to a T. And then that takes us to the next step, which is after we've, we've assessed this, now what can we actually, how do we develop that? And right now, it's a department of three people at, at our organization for a worldwide entity. So we don't have a lot of time is is the biggest piece so we we are utilizing sources out there to, to outsource where we can but that comes with a nice budget well not everyone's going to have that in in today's day and time so my my suggestion is is what we we started to do at the very beginning and that is is you employ your your experts within your organization and you know, you, you look at your skills gap, of course, but then you look at the content and then you apply that. So there was a ton of content that was created for, for us. And they said, well, I've got a training. All you have to do is just apply it. And what it was, was like a YouTube video, um, which is at, <laughs> at the end of the day, a lot of people learn like that now yes. that, you know, that's free education, but in, in a corporate environment that you're, you want to have a, you know, A plus plus grade type of, you know, product, you have to add more to it. So we take that and then we apply the different learning principles on top of it. We add your, your knowledge assessments, you know, midway and at the end of the, the, uh, the training as well, so that we can ensure that we're not just talking heads, but we're, we're giving some form of delivery. Correct. 
that, yeah, well, go ahead. Well, I was going to say one of the things that you know that um, we also do is the um, the formative and uh, summative assessments. So you know, and but in in layman's terms, that's your pretest and your post-test. I mean, mm -hmm. that's really all that is. But that's such an important piece of the process because before and correct me if I'm wrong here before you even offer them the training, you want to make sure you have a baseline understanding of what they think they know. Mm -hmm. Because once you have that data, then you go through the training process and then assess them on the back end with probably a skills check somewhere in the middle. Um, that's how you're going to be able to determine those micro gaps. Right. And when, once you've been able to under determine what the micro gaps are, then you're able to circle back and create additional trainings that focus specifically and uniquely on those micro gaps, those micro learning gaps to make sure that you have a full picture for each of them. Does that sound about right? That's that's exactly it. And after after you've you know, you've looked at those gaps, you fill those gaps, then you have to look at how am I going to apply that? Because it the way that you look at my industry that that I'm in it. I would have to say the average age is from 55 down. So you got your Gen Xers down mm -hmm. that are part of the environment. And one of the things that really stands out is they, they get bored and they need to keep, you need to keep my attention. Well, the, the way you do that is now real big buzzword in the industry is gamification. Uh -huh. you know, how, how do we keep your attention, make you want to learn? Uh, you know, it does not necessarily has to be fun, but keep keep your engagement. And there are different ways to add to that content, like a first person style format where, you know, a lot of folks I'll use like a video game. I'm not a, a big gamer, but I've seen just for my kids alone, there's these what they call the first person shooter games. Yes. And and you're it's you're moving around or somebody's moving you and guiding you through a, a battlefield. That's the same way. There was this hiring video that we recently completed where I'm walking around showing somebody, you know, giving them a tour of the facility, but I'm, I'm talking to the camera, you know, it's like, I'm leading you just like this and pulling Perfect. you in. I love and, it. and that is what gets that person engaged. It's something different. Yes. And, but then that's part one of gamification. Then on top of that is how do I make sure that I get you to keep coming back to this learning and offering awards, rewards, As, and, and what have you. Yes. Yeah. And that is huge, but, and it doesn't have to be financial. Uh, the first thing, everything that I read was, well, you got, you have to give the tchotchkes along with it, get them your, you know, your t-shirt, your logo, <laughs> and, you know, no disrespect to any organization out there, but those t-shirts wind up being night shirts, uh, or, in some cases, you're drying your car with it after you've washed it. Yeah. Um, and that's no disrespect to the company. It's just what they use it for. They're not out there publicly saying, this is the company I work for on my chest. Um, so those things are still good because they're great for to build morale. Yes. But that's not what the training piece is. We want to build morale within a training environment. So we give like awards. Uh, and those awards are just little point system you know that you complete these trainings you get x amount of points you complete this one you get a certificate um you just you can get a login just your first login alone you get a reward you know it's like you earn a banner uh or a just a, a ribbon that says you know first time user uh if working after hours you know you're you're the, the night owl you know different things <laughs> 
<laughs> I love it. That's, that's yeah. great, Bob. That's great. Um, it, it sounds like, you know, you've gotten a lot of experience from building this. Um, I, I know we're kind of running short on time, but what did you guys have one question did you guys ever consider like really truly building from scratch and not outsourcing that was that was the one question that i had for you yeah there there was that there was a talk of that and it was it was a quick talk uh because when you look at all of the um the amount of tools that you need just from it alone we we just didn't have it if if you have software administrators that have been you know working in that field for years and you want to have a canned product more power to you but with all of the organizations that are out there at the discounted rates that they are it right. to, to me it was foolish for us to do that because there's just too many options and the amount of money that yeah you might spend a little more at the front end long term costs we we would have cut thousands upon thousands of dollars by sticking with the way we've done things versus going to building it on our own. So okay. th that was a quick conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I know that there's several platforms where you can do this, but I know like the, your front end development costs are really where the costs are. Mm -hmm. um, but the advantage is scalability and custom customization to a T. So and I think I think you're right when you say that it really does go down to budget. Mm -hmm. um, absolutely. Bob, it's been an absolute pleasure to chat with you today here on the ELMS podcast, uh, you know, and to all of our guests out there, we really want to say thank you for, you know, your continued support. Thank you for continuing to tune in and to tell your friends, don't forget to subscribe to us. And, you know, let us know um, if there's things that you want to hear more about when it comes to the LMS world. Until then, I'm your host, David Hatami. It is an absolute pleasure to be here today. If I can be of service to anyone in any way, don't hesitate to reach out. I want to say, again, special thanks to our guest, Mr. Bob Rice-Avvy, uh, trainer extraordinaire. Uh, <laughs> it's been a pleasure, and um, we'll talk soon. Take care, everybody. Thank you.